sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast Okay, here we are on Environmental as Anything. Yet again, we have uh, uh, some important uh, ideas uh, getting around at the moment with the corona crisis. And we're very lucky to have Blair Palacey joining us uh, to speak about the uh, the crisis and the opportunities that it might uh, present for our future. But, uh, you know, I should say Blair has been uh, in working hard on the issues to do with the environment and global issues of uh, sustainability for a long time now. Too long, uh, really, Sean. <laughs> former CEO of the 350.org. Former yeah, that's CEO, right. Blair? In Australia, that's yeah. right, yep. Yep. And uh, worked in Australia and the UK, senior management roles for the Antarctic Ocean Alliance, Greenpeace and The Body Shop, and is consultant on a range of projects including the ACF, the Climate Group, Planet Arc, the Climate Institute, Green Building Council of Australia, Climate Friendly, Ecos Corporation, the Building Sustainability Index, and the list goes on and on. <laughs> Blair, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, that's fantastic. We appreciate your time. Um, We've all obviously been obsessed about uh, the uh, coronavirus. It's uh, being, uh, you know, the, one of the greatest uh, crises that people have had to respond to since perhaps World War II. Uh, but you've uh, posted and put the idea that, it, that there are actually possibly uh, upsides in this. Um, what, how do you see, how do you frame this, this current crisis? Yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, of course, with any crisis, there's an opportunity, I suppose. But for us, uh, the obvious one is this massive drop in emissions due to everyone staying home, the, the dropping off of air travel. And, and things like manufacturing in China. We've seen a huge drop in, in greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and interestingly, of course, the economy is, is struggling in the traditional way that, that we're used to working with it now. But, you know, we're all still getting through our life. And so it does, it does pose for all of us this question, could we find a happy medium where maybe we don't take every flight that we ever took in the past without thinking very much or need all of those things that we go out and shop for and buy uh, constantly. And, you know, th that shift in thinking from how much do we really need and could we still have a livable planet uh, and a sustainable, a more sustainable approach to life, certainly this crisis has given us all, as we sit at home, a lot more time to think about the possibility. Uh, and then the, the, I suppose the second next largest big question is, if we are going to put stimulus money out into economies, whether it's Australia or anywhere, can we do that in a, in a green and sustainable way? And doesn't it make sense? Because after all, uh, a sustainable look ahead uh, to where the jobs will be in the future has got to be a critical part of that thinking. Indeed. I mean, a, a short-term drop in, in pollution while people are hiding in their homes is, is, uh, is not really all that great a story, but, it, but the longer-term uh, structural shifts that we could have uh, are, are what we should be looking for, aren't they? Exactly. And, you know, How do we get there? Yeah, good question. I think uh, it's interesting that if you had asked me two weeks ago if I thought Scott Morrison would pass uh, a, a worker support kind of policy bill that, that would buy people out of, a, of this crisis, I would not have believed it. So, you know, maybe there's hope that we could see, particularly with progressive minds, businesses and the like, 
pushing for where, you know, use this opportunity for the transitioning from our deep dependence on fossil fuels to what's next. Um, it's going to happen anyway. It's already happening anyway. But rather than attempt to put money back into uh, what I am very clear is an industry that is, is phasing quickly out of its ability, unless it transitions from fossil fuels only to uh, renewable energy and being an energy company, which is obviously going to happen in very different ways, is already already happening in different ways with renewables, with batteries, um, with different types of systems, uh, then you know, we're at that fork in the road where we have to make that choice. Where does our public money go? Uh, we would certainly love it to go in the right direction, which is uh, that transition to clean, sustainable energy future. Yes, now, but, it's, but it's made clear to people that there's a choice between throwing their stimulus money down the coal black hole right. or exactly actually right. putting it into a renewable, prosperous future. Yep. Uh, I think most people know exactly where they'd rather that go, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. I think, you know, if you ask the general public, they'd say, hands down, no question. The challenge is how do we get our leaders to mm. agree to do that when they have been so in the pocket of the fossil fuel industry for mm. so long, for decades now. Um, and I think Australia, America, and Canada are probably in a unique, unfortunate position, whereas other countries, we might be seeing them very clearly making that choice because it's the right choice, and they're already heading down that path. So mm -hmm. certainly Europe, the U.K., where that the issue of climate has not become so politicized, uh, it's a transition, it's a worker issue, it's an economy issue, it's an energy issue. Yeah. Uh, it's not a, uh, if you will, it's not a religion. <laughs> Supporting fossil fuels is not a religion in some countries, and where that that kind of lock-in doesn't exist, they have been able to make leaps and strides without, you know, still keeping a strong economy, still having jobs, helping workers transition out of um, fossil fuel jobs, whether it's mining or coal-fired power or oil and gas into other things and the hope is that we see that's coming anyway mm. uh, certainly most of those pure play fossil fuel companies are struggling corona will only make that worse mm. so it would literally be throwing good money after bad to try and think that we could save many of these companies that have had 25 years 30 years to transition and have squarely chosen not to do it yeah they have uh, made that choice haven't they i mean it is interesting you mentioned uh, you know that europe is uh, is going ahead i mean it was margaret thatcher who shut mm. down the british coal That's industry right. famously yeah. um and that was uh, along economic lines way yeah. back then in the 80s um angela merkel hardly uh, you know an icon for the green movement <laughs> um and like certainly a, a, a not not lefty in any way no. it, it has now proudly shut down the german coal industry right. and as you say uh you know we, we didn't expect the scummo regime to do anything decent in its uh, whole tenure but uh it's certainly right. come up with a lot of which you know i can applaud you know Absolutely. like having ha having criticized them viciously Me too. Uh, i can applaud what they're doing with this uh you know what should become our universal basic income absolutely and, right and hopefully that uh, leads to that uh, trend that them making some choices similar choices effective. yeah and you know in our country in australia where the coal, uh, the entire setup of our, our coal power system, uh, leaving uh, exports aside for a minute, is so antiquated that we are already at the, the you know, facing uh, a choice that has already been made for us. It's not affordable for us to chuck so much money into fixing an entire big monolithic uh, structure of, of supplying coal power in most cities, I mean, we look at what South Australia has had to make that choice, and they mm. made the right choice. And interestingly, they've made it across both political parties. That's right. Starting with Labor, and then a Liberal um, new, you know, Premier came in, and has kept not only, you know, not 
sent it aside, but has, has kept it and, and delivered it and believes in it and has seen it play out as one of the best choices that state mm. could have made, uh, despite federal government, you know, giving them every, <laughs> trying to accuse them of every possible, you know, mm. name calling, you name it. Mm. Um, what has often propped up the electricity system, even over into Victoria during the fires and other catastrophic weather situations has been South Australia's investment in renewable energy yeah. uh, and, a, and a tough call to transition the entire sort of power system because they didn't have a choice. They really had to choose leapfrogging ahead to renewables that, and batteries or try to pay, you know, spend enormous amounts of taxpayer money on an antiquated system uh, that would have cost too much money to, to you know, refit and, and modernize. So, you know, pretty much every state in the in the country faces that. What we're lacking, and, and most states see it plainly and are already working on it. Uh, it's really the federal government we're going to need to get their heads around this idea that that choice is already, you know, that boat has is off at sea. So let's get behind it and make it work for the country. It shouldn't be too hard to get them on board with that because their base is getting on board. And as exactly. you've written, there's a surge of positive climate news, uh, you know, for, uh, pleasant surprise for environmentalists and dread for investors, still royal to the coal and gas industry. So, so you know, the, the actual corporate players, BHP, mm. uh, Rio Tinto, many others have uh, made d- declared their uh, intent to get out of coal yeah. and out of fossils and, uh, and, uh, and seem to be taking steps in that direction. It seems to be that the only smart money choice now is to get away from the coal, uh, you know, juggernaut before it collapses on top of us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, given that the, the, these, these liberals are supposedly free marketeers, you would think it would be an easy choice for them to make, uh, uh, to go where the money's flowing. Absolutely. And, you know, the blame rests squarely on the shoulders of the Minerals Council, who mm. every day sends lobbyists in, you know, hour after hour after hour to change that picture yeah. uh, and to paint a different picture that is frankly a fiction. Mm. Uh, we're not going to save coal. Coal is over. And it'll be fascinating to see what comes out of uh, currently out of pe- the pandemic in Asia, where this is also giving them the same opportunities to make choices and change. And uh, I, you know, the, the, the remarkable thing of South Korea's conservative party running for election and putting forward a strong Green New Deal mm. uh, proposal that is no new funding for any new coal, mm. uh, and no uh, zero net emissions by 2050, a carbon tax, and fast renewable energy investment. Mm. That's a dramatic shift for a country that has ex- imported our coal, mm. uh, is one of our big three importers. So if we're not hearing that message, which is whether we like it or not, we can keep digging out of the ground, the market will stop buying it because they've moved on to more affordable, more distributed energy, more flexible energy. More reliable. More reliable energy, exactly. You know, we've certainly seen in the fires um, here and in other, you know, situations around the world, uh, battery storage and distributed energy renewables makes all kinds of sense in a climate changed world. So Mm. why wouldn't we go Mm. there? And under the current circumstances of massive swings in the price of oil, there can't be many exactly. investors who are thinking that oil's a reliable uh, well, you know, and, resource and I, to be investing in. I think uh, absolutely oil already done. Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're literally um, buying back their own shares to try and keep companies you know, from falling over. I'm talking about the mount monolithic Exxon's BPs. That BP, don't know if you've heard this new CEO, his first speech was about climate change. Yeah. We're going to drop all lobbyists who are who don't accept climate change. They then sold off instantly three fossil fuel companies in America, and they moved out of the Minerals Council. If that doesn't send you a strong message, 
It's, yeah. uh, BP, they're all coming late to the game, but you know, I think they've made a pretty clear choice that they have to rapidly become an energy company or they'll be out of business. Yeah, and, and like BP may be making the, the, the big steps it needs to at this stage, but uh, it, it's one of the, the only ones, isn't it? Because they, they really are, they're, they're investment portfolios for those, uh, those old fossil companies simply yeah. are not, not, not keeping up with the market and they exactly. will be left behind and, and, well, and you know, become history. I mean, really, they, just, they can go into the dustbin of history. We, none of us will suffer well, to have ExxonMobil exactly. cease to exist. That's right. And again, they've had 30 years to be innovative companies and they've chosen not to do that. Yeah, so yeah. will be be too, be too late, possibly, but, you know, let's watch and see what happens. Uh, I, I think, you know, nobody is going to cry tears over Exxon uh, knowing for 30 years, covering up, spending yeah. um, millions of dollars on climate denial, uh, you know, trying every possible way to, to get itself out of having to do what it knows it has to do. You know, this pandemic is showing that the successful companies that will survive are those that are flexible, can transition quickly, can be innovative. None of these fossil fuel companies have chosen to do that. Um, and so, you know, we, it's hard to have any sympathy when it comes down to it. What, one really interesting thing that uh, I think a fact that is often lost in Australia is that the gas price is also tied to the oil price, mm. you know, structurally. So we're, uh, we've been fed this line that gas is going to be both a transition fuel, of course it's a fossil fuel, so that is, is flatly untrue, uh, and so investing in new gas infrastructure now makes absolutely no sense. Mm. Uh, but secondly, if it's tied to oil from a price point of view, it too is going to really suffer uh, yeah. through this process because, I, it, you know, you talk to experts, they can't see oil ever coming back to the level uh, that it was just you know months ago. No, well, I've been. I was explaining it to somebody the other day. The, 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 there's there's a, a point. There's a line on the graph above which uh, oil and fossils are uncompetitive That's with right. with the renewables, and there's a line below which they are uh, un uneconomic uh, uh, to, to 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 invest in. So uh, there there's and that line. Those two lines are getting closer and closer together. There, exactly. There's less and less time that the that the commodity actually spends comfortably in between those two lines, and and more and more of the time they're simply careering wildly either to to become yeah. too cheap or too expensive that's right and you know for investors they're watching this going i'm out mm. you know? yeah <laughs> even the mainstream yeah i'm not talking about people who want to divest because it's the right thing to do or mm. even those who think i want my money in the good stuff i'm talking hardcore i only care about profit they're looking at that going up and down and saying that is just too wild for yeah. me yeah, yeah, time to get out and you know there's no picking that is there there's right. no way you can you can ride a market like that exactly right yeah. and you know for big investors that have to have security whether you're a super fund or you're a bank uh, they see the writing on the wall and they're moving fast yeah. so those combinations of things pandemic price drop you know Russia and Saudi Arabia uh, playing crazy you know ways with the with the market as they have mm. affecting the price uh, means that it's um, you know it, it's not leaving any choice for for it to claw back so it's going to be an interesting uh, next few months to see what happens with pandemic price drop and investors yeah. moving yeah. Uh, I can't say you know you, you wouldn't want your money there you wouldn't want your grandmother's money there you wouldn't want your children's money there I wouldn't bet stolen money on exactly. it exactly <laughs> 
So, you know, the, the challenge then is um, can we get good investment and impact money and also, you know, green stimulus money? Well, that's that's what I want to move step. on to. I think we've, we've covered the, 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 the woes of the, the fossil fools <laughs> for long enough. I think they don't merit much more discussion. Yeah. But uh, I think what does merit discussion is where to from here? How do we get that uh, green stimulus, the Green New Deal that's being, yeah. that seems to have taken off around the world? Yeah, I think one of the challenges has been, you know, that, that structural difference of, of uh, renewables, distributed, smaller companies, less known. You know, it's not, a, it's not all owned by one giant company, so it's hard for people to get information about what the good investments are. But mm. it's starting to come, and I think there'll be more and more of it. Mm. Um, and certainly if governments could swing behind some of the solid stuff, mm. uh, it would send a strong message that it's a good, safe investment, and we encourage it, and you'd see much more of it. I think impact investors have led in a lot of ways to open the door for that stuff. Um, so it pays to see who, you know, who's behind what kind of, you know, even just following some of the, um, the more kind of progressive funds um, mm. and seeing what they've chosen as their, their companies to back yep. uh, will be a help and people will start to kind of get better at, at understanding that. Um, and it's, it's like the, the, big, the big investment companies that most people have connection with are, are their superannuation and their right. insurance companies, aren't they? Yeah, and they need to move. <laughs> They're not moving fast enough. The insurance companies have been have been glacially slow, they haven't really they? Have. And super funds too. Yeah. You know, by and large, is a big market forces campaign against Uni Super. It's totally justified. Mm. You know, we 350 ran a campaign against them eight years ago, and they set up some little you know alternative fossil fuel. We've got a little subset fund that's fossil free. Great. And then our next question was, okay, where are you going from here? And they've gone nowhere. So they deserve everything they get. Again, same thing. Your writing was on the wall. Why didn't you progress with it? Mm. It, No one was saying you had to do it, flip the switch overnight. That was too scary, too difficult. But you've had eight eight or ten good years Mm. uh, to move your money into the good stuff. And if if you were going to pick one super fund that should have seen this coming... You know, academics. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some of the, the most important research in the world is all happening on climate from, from their, their members, mm. and yet they're still dragging the chain and, and talking about that stupid idea of engagement. You know, yeah, yeah we're just going to stay engaged in all the oh, bad yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's time for those funds to show innovation and uh, tell how they've done it and why they've done it. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be risky. I think there are plenty of examples overseas to follow where it's been done very well. Well, I mean, the mums and dads of Australia are, are, are doing this, you know, going and investing their money, uh, their hard-earned, you know, uh, savings into their own renewable right. energy systems, which they're plonking on their own roofs right. and making immediate 20 to 30% returns on exactly. investment. It's I mean, if the mums exciting. and dads and granddads and ma- grandmas of Australia can think, th- you know, through those uh, investment decisions to that point, you'd hope that the superannuation exactly. funds might be able to see we, the light. Know, with, with all the experience they have, with all the expertise they have in-house, it's crazy to say it can't be done. It certainly can be done. Mm. And, you know, you look at um, some of the things going on with, uh, you know, the Tesla battery in South Australia was a, a great news story. Who are those companies that made all that happen? Let's follow them. Yep. Let's look at um, Mike Cannon Brooks setting up solar in fire areas. Who's the solar company that's done that? I think it's called 5B. You know, they're out there. They, they, you know, small amounts for them investment-wise go a really long way. So you can even spread it around and choose, you know, choose a wide selection of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of information, more and more coming as, as the financial uh, media kind of get their head around the need for and the interest level in all of this. So 
hopefully more information will come and we can all start putting our money into the good stuff. And, you know, that green stimulus hopefully will do the same. And together, that, that could be a significant shift very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there are still things that people can do who are, you know, like mums and dads, as I say, have got their insurance policies. Go to their insurance company. Ask them what their policy is yeah. with regard to divestment. People should rush out there and do it right now because if your insurance company isn't properly divested from fossils and when they collapse, your insurance will be worthless. That's right. And, and, and the same with your superannuation. If you've got your super in a fund which is not fully divested from That's fossils right. at this point, then you really you're going to lose your shirt in fact you know hopefully you haven't already exactly. get it get it out of that those funds go and tell them why you yeah, want to get it out of it. it absolutely yeah. and i was just on a webinar call last uh, earlier in the week with a lot of americans and impact funds and a lot of crossover between philanthropy impact funding and ngos so delivery of good you know services that they're showing you know, real efficiency in what they're delivering and how they're doing it. And, and by that, I, I mean, like some of the social services um, uh, and B Corps and, you know, those kind of things were a little bit of investments making a big difference to whole communities and whole industry sectors. And they were saying, you know, repeatedly on this, on this webinar over and over, it, these experts were all saying, if you haven't divested already, you got to be kidding. And, you, you know, if you haven't looked at your portfolio and really screened out what, what the bad is and looked for how you're going to learn from the good, mm. then, you know, you're really behind. And that, you know, that's coming out of America, but Australia has lagged behind and mm. people have been reluctant to make big changes. But I'd say, you know, while you're sitting around at home uh, with lots of time on your laptop, now would be a good time. Now would be a good time to sort <laughs> those things out. Exactly. And it's, not just a, and it's not just a negative story about watching out for something collapsing on top of you. There's this golden opportunity for us. I mean, like right. I often ask my, 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 my interviewees, I should ask you, well, which are you backing, uh, Mad Max or Star Trek? <laughs> You know, I'm going Star Trek all yeah, the way. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I think most people would rather the Star Trek future of, of renewable prosperity and, and peace and, and, and justice yeah, to, and the, to the mad chaos that is and, the alternative. You know, all those things. Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so, you know, but we do actually have this golden opportunity to, to make do. a renewable prosperity, don't we? I Absolutely. Mean, and the knock-on from that, from not just, you know, energy, there's just so many other things. Like we're learning now about home delivery and ser providing services locally. I mean, we really are, it is raising the question of globalization, uh, the pandemic, because it means, you know, if you're getting everything shipped in and suddenly the world is challenged by a global pandemic, um, look at that, it's extremely vulnerable. Whereas local community-based systems, services, food, etc., cetera, mm. uh, it's, it works better. It's more supportive for those in your own community, uh, less carbon miles, you know, name the good, you just, the list goes on and on. Mm. So. Again, I, I tell you, this, uh, there are many, many horrible things about this uh, pandemic, but one of the good things is the chance to rethink and, and think differently and, and really ask the question about what, what kind of society do we want to live in. Yeah. And, and have we been there, or has that been like we've just sort of inevitably gotten there and felt like there was nothing we could do to change it? That green stimulus money question, should it come up, and should governments be saying, no, nah, we're interested in putting it in a coal company or in a... You know, uh, cruise ships is a, I hate to be controversial, but didn't we all have a gut feeling that there was something deeply wrong about a gigantic ship that comes into a small <laughs> town and descends upon it, doesn't stay in the town, doesn't experience the town, gets back on the boat and off they go? Mm. I mean, there's so many things to think about. Like, is that a sustainable tourism mm. uh, avenue mm. or not? It, you know, I have to say it's, it's raised a lot of questions about why would you get on a boat in that kind of locked-in proximity? And <laughs> oh, no, no, no. 
they do seem like they've always seemed festy to me. But well, uh, and the, the toxics they produce, the uh, amount of fuel they use, you know, fuel, all those yeah. things. You gotta kind of and flight is the same. Do we, you know, it's teaching us that we maybe don't need to do quite as many trips. Um, as we have always thought we needed to do, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, well, that's right. A whole heap of people are going to learn how to use, uh, you know, digital tools yeah. to to meet, meet. In fact, I I was there at the webinar uh, when you were, which you were right. at, at the uh, lockdown yeah, yeah. Uh, shared and we load. We had a terrible time with the sound from I know Australia. That's part of the reason why I asked you to come on because I couldn't hear what you were saying, oh, and I really it was wanted to. Breaking and poor Phil Vernon couldn't oh. even connect no. couldn't even make the connect so and you know we've settled for the nbn as this idea of like well it's been used as a political football yeah. it's not the best system for the country and yeah. here we are yeah here we are we did all say that too didn't we yeah. like that this was going to fail when we really needed it and, and here it is, is doing us uh, not not doing proud but anyways it, we're, we're staggering along and getting getting by and, and in well, the true true aussie spirit and an opportunity again for for companies to come in and fill the void mm, mm. Indeed, indeed. Look, uh, Blair, look, I really appreciate all the time you've put in today. We really, thanks for your insights. Um, I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy uh, hearing what you've got to say there. Well, I hope people will stop and think and think also that they have some power in this, this discussion and debate about where we go after this is over. Uh, because it won't happen in the right way, I think, unless all of us are very vocal about demanding what we hope society should be and the pivot we need to make at this point for the good stuff and mm. for, you know, it being based on people and our needs, not on profit and greed. Yeah, indeed. Well said. Thank you so much. Thank you. All the best. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Take okay. care. Bye. Bye. That was Blair Palacey talking about the uh, Green New Deal and uh, stimulus uh, packages which may be able to emerge from the terrible uh, corona crisis we're in the, at the moment. Um, uh, you know, the possibilities for the future uh, being better than the past. So um, let's all hope and work towards that goal. You're with Environmental as Anything. Thanks for joining us. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental as Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're hand in hand.